Hello. Hello. It's episode number seven. S- number seven. seven. <laughs> number seven of First Time Parent Podcast. My name is Christopher. My name is Jessica. We are the BWs, and we are having, having a, a baby. baby very soon. Mm. In the real life timeline, very very soon. In the podcast timeline, in a few episodes. Yeah, yeah a couple of weeks away. <laughs> we are we are nearly caught up with ourselves, but as we speak. We are 35 weeks and five days? I thought you were going to say something completely... 35 weeks and five. (laughs) 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 Family family friendly. How are you doing? At the moment, I'm not so good. Nope. Not being being overly well with it. Um, Everything's just a bit full, full up inside, really. Full up of baby. Maybe it is just a big poo. And you're not pregnant. And we've gone through all of this for nothing. All this time and I just need... No. (laughs) (laughs) We're on the toilet time and it's not even a minute into the show. Hurrah! (laughs) Thank you very much to those of you who've listened and have got in touch so far. We hope you're enjoying it. If this is your first episode, welcome. Hello. How are you? Nice to meet you. Um, I'm not going to say all that rate us and subscribe us and all that stuff. You You just did. I did, didn't I? (laughs) But, you know... Make sure you tell your friends about it. This isn't a show just for people having babies or thinking about having babies. It's a, just a fun show telling people that we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and people can laugh at us. Yeah, please, sharing our <laughs> lack of knowledge. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? We haven't got a clue and no? we really should by now. <laughs> What's your word? No, I don't know if we should. I don't know if we should. should. Well, no one has an idea. That's the whole point. No, I think that is the whole point of no this. One, no one knows no what they're doing. Knows until. What they're doing. It happens to them. Yeah, and then you find out quick. (laughs) So what are we talking about today? We are talking about the point of pregnancy 28, 31 weeks for us. Mm. Things start heating up. Three quarters of the way through. That's the terrifying bit for me here. This is close now. Mm, Very close. (laughs) And with that being said, we will see you after the show. See you then. Bye. Bye. Twenty-eight weeks means entering third trimester bum, bum, bum. it's happening <laughs> why is it called a trimester is it just that there's it's third Three. why does it say third i don't know it's got to sound really technical i, I, I have no idea call it third no you can't call it third you could call it a uh, triple triple would you do, do? i don't know <laughs> i always wondered why it was something specific like that We'll have midwives emailing us going, actually, it's this, 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 this. Probably. Good. That's fine. I want to learn. I want to learn. That's the whole point of this is I want to learn (laughs) as much as possible. So if we say stuff that's clearly clueless and wrong, please tell us the (laughs) the correct thing. (laughs) Word. Please. Word. That was it. (laughs) The correct thing. That's very technical. Mm. Would you like to know about what the baby weighs Throughout 28 to 31 weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, do you mean average baby or do you mean hours? No, 
I mean, like what, what an it... average baby with our fruit and veg. Oh, it's salad time. <laughs> salad and fruit time and and veg time. Okay, so if you were, if at 28 weeks, a baby, quote unquote, should weigh this much. Is that what you're saying? Uh, so if it's born in, let's say it's 6'6", six, six, six pounds, six ounces, then by the 28 weeks, two thirds of the way, I would say maybe a one pound something. That's not where I was going. It weighs an aubergine. Hang on. You mean it's the size of an aubergine? No, it says it weighs the it weighs the same well, size as an aubergine. Well, it could weigh it could weigh as much as the Empire State Building, but only be the size of an aubergine. We've been through this before. <laughs> it's, it's it could be a small aubergine. It could be a large aubergine, and we're not entirely sure. It's, it's very vague, isn't it? It is very vague, but okay. I like does it. Does it weigh the size of a? It does. That doesn't make sense. Does it weigh the same as an aubergine? Yes. Oh, that's clever. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Uh, Don't you wow me. <laughs> so weighs, weighs that size, whatever size that aubergine in particular is, and at this point has developed eyelashes. Oh, that's quite It's got its eyelashes and eyebrows and all so, of those little so fine particulars. specific hair. Specific hair. Not not the furry coat that it's got on. I'm going to go on to that in is a that, second. Is that now? Or I, I thought it's that was very... Early. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on to... Something that's going to happen to that very, very shortly. Um, if you don't know quite what we mean, prepare to have your mind blown. Because when I found this out, it was amazing. Yeah, I'll get onto it really quickly, I promise. Um, so 29 weeks. What do you think it is the size of roughly now in fruit and veg land? So it was an aubergine. At 28. So 29 uh... Probably won't get it. Um, I would say a cantaloupe melon. Oh, close. But no. Oh. It's a size of a butternut squash. Oh, I had that in my head, but I thought it had already been a butternut squash. Oh, sorry about that. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, baby's brain has developed its grooves and folds that are human brain has so until this point it's been like just a smooth it really kind of object you didn't tell me that i didn't know that and now it's getting all its grooves and crinkly intricate bits yeah crinkly oh wow i didn't yeah. know it, it wasn't like that no so no. it didn't look like a brain until now no now it's now it's starting oh. to get get its detail that's really cool mm. so it was a bit like a pancake it was okay in pokemon <laughs> terms it was it looked like a ditto yes the brain yes and now it looks like a tangella oh i don't know what a tangella is it looks like a brain cool <laughs> it, yeah that's good okay that's a good re basically we went to see detective pikachu the other day loved it so everything's pokemon now it was so good because <laughs> i can't do a ryan reynolds impression so you're getting pika pika <laughs> it was very good. I really enjoyed mm. it. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I've learned something today. Ah, oh, cool yeah. stuff. Thank you. Yes. 30 weeks, what do you think? Oh, butternut squash. It's like the price is right, this, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Show me butternut squash. Um, uh, I don't know. But well, I'd say a melon, a cantaloupe melon. We're getting so close to the melons. I mean, oh, <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> the, I'm not going anywhere near that. 
You leave my melons out of this. Yeah, I've been told to. <laughs> so, 30 weeks, it's as big as a cabbage. Oh, okay. A red cabbage or a white cabbage? Okay, just don't go there, all right? <laughs> you, you throw in different types of tomatoes, different types of squashes. I know. It's, it's all very yeah. similar. Uh, and at this point, if you, apparently, if you shine a light at the at the belly, the baby will look and respond I, to it. I didn't think that anything like that would get through. That's amazing, isn't mm. it? it? I wouldn't have thought that the barrier between the baby and, and the outside of your your kind of tummy area is that close. But it must be that close to let light in. I tell you what. From how I'm feeling now... It feels like it's right about to burst it out, doesn't it? feels like it's about to burst out of my stomach. So, <laughs> I keep <laughs> saying stomach. <laughs> yeah, you, di- right. you didn't eat it. I no. didn't eat the baby. But it fi- it's so it's so close to the top. I feel like it's right there. So, it doesn't surprise me at all. And obviously, the bigger it gets, the closer it, it does get. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very odd feeling. And I, it's so hard to describe... But yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. It would have surprised me had I not be feeling it <laughs> at this point. But <laughs> How did Sonia in EastEnders not know? I still don't understand. Bamboozled by that one. How did she not know? Do you know, I, I don't think she knew because the magic of TV. <gasps> magic, magic, Ooh, magic, 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 ha! magic. That was a trumpet. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. And on that beautiful note... <laughs> <laughs> 31 weeks, what do you think? Uh, so we've got a cabbage. Is it, I'm going to stick with my guns, is it a uh, oh, uh, cantaloupe it. melon? No, not yet. It's a coconut. A coconut? A coconut's not bigger than a cabbage. It weighs a coconut. Oh, I'm not. It, it's a, the thing is with this, this is it switches between weighs as, as big as, the size no, as you, big as, you can't, big as. You can't, yeah. you can't weigh as big as something. That's not a sentence that makes any sense. Hey, I'm just reading it from somewhere. From the words that you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would like to make it clear. I am. I'm not making this up. This is. This is just. It weighs the size of a horse. That's shaped like a carrot. <laughs> that's not me making it up. <laughs> it's Jelmo. <laughs> She's back. How are you today, Christopher? Good. Are you still pregnant? Yeah, can have a baby. Oh, see you in a bit. She got now. Oh, I miss her already. I'm back! <laughs> oh, no, that was sarcasm. <laughs> I weigh as big as a waffle. As a waffle? Bye! She's gone again. <laughs> Laters. <laughs> so 31 weeks, weighs a coconut. And this is the point that I wanted to get back to. This is the moment where it sheds its lanugu hair lanugu hair lanugu <laughs> i believe i'm pronouncing that correctly <laughs> it's spelt l a n u g o but is pronounced lanugu and lanugu. this is the hair that we i believe we have mentioned before but didn't know anything about until reading up on it it's a weird a weird fact that is is just a bit mind-blowing, really. Yeah, the... I had no idea this This is a thing. So the baby develops... But, but of course it's a thing, because it makes complete sense that they would have this. Yeah, the baby develops hair all over its teeny tiny little body, and it's like fine, fine downy hair. Um, 
and it, it starts developing it around 16 weeks uh, and it, that thing that I spoke about in the previous podcast the ver, vernia caseosa you know the sticky stuff mm-hmm. that combined with the hair helps stick to and coat and protect the baby keeping it warm and just generally so though and this this hair as well is the start of its hair follicles when it does grow its normal human hair not that this isn't human that sounds wrong uh but when it when it develops its 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 next set of hair so this point it sheds it around seven seven months seven or eight months it will be there but especially with some premature babies uh, they will still be born with this hair. So if you see a, a, a premature baby, a picture of, sometimes they'll still actually have their coating of the lanugo hair. Well, yeah, if hair. they haven't grown out of it yet. Yeah. Uh, and also, something I've read. <laughs> Are you ready to be a bit grossed out by this? Oh, I'm, I'm so grossed out <laughs> by this whole process. Uh, yes, as you. <laughs> yeah. um, when they shed it, Guess what happens to it? They eat it. Yeah? Yeah. They eat it. And that's it... not grossed out. I would have thought that's obvious. Oh, it's like a cat and a hairball, though. No. <laughs> Except they don't stick it up. They, <laughs> It comes out in their first poo, their meconium poo. Thank you for that sound effect. What sound effect? Oh. <laughs> We went on the hospital tour, didn't we, at this mm. point? Yes. So in our borough, I don't know what it's like for other boroughs, mm. we are within the Lewisham and Greenwich NHS Trust. Um, we are, you are invited down. I'm pretty sure it happens everywhere. But you're in- No, actually Is it, it not? doesn't. I spoke, what? To, I spoke to one of the lovely midwives and she said that no, this is not wow. something that happens Owie. everywhere. Sometimes... The only tour that you can get is like a virtual tour that you can look at online, uh, oh, no. on the on the website. So this is this is a luxury, I think. No, oh, then we're very lucky. I think so. So, we, are, as a as an expectant couple, you are invited down to check out the maternity ward and the birthing centre, mm-hmm. which are two separate things, but they provide the same ish service. Yes. So, you go and see where you're going to have your baby. For us, well, for me, it was the starting point for me to make the decision as to where and how where you and want to how give birth. I want to give birth because I was going to use it as a tool to help make that decision. Not done it before, so everything that It's good to know. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> everything <laughs> that every piece of information that we can get as we've said before we're, we're going to take and actually being able to see it with your own eyes is so, yeah. so helpful. So if you don't know, because we didn't, it's not just go to hospital, sit on a bed, deliver baby, go. No. All of this, by the way, is that if it's a quote unquote regular birth, so there's no complications, there's no... Uh, intensive mm-hmm. care things like that because it might happen to us that way we we won't know until it happens but exactly. for now we're just going to plow ahead as if everything is going regularly yeah and the only <coughs> other reason excuse me 
the only other reason that you wouldn't get the choice between the labour ward and the birth centre is if you were uh, deemed a high-risk high pregnancy. Risk, yeah. If you're a high-risk, sorry, high-risk pregnancy, then you will just automatically be going into the labour ward. Yeah. So the the difference is, as far as I'm aware, the maternity ward and the labour ward is a doctor-driven side of things, and the birthing centre is led by the midwife team. Correct? Uh, or I've, wrong? Have I got I that wrong? I believe so. The doctors are more on hand yeah. in the labour ward. Yeah. It's it's a bit more medicinal. Very much so. A bit more surgical, a bit more hospital. And then the birthing exactly. centre is, they describe it as a little bit more relaxed, it's a little bit more homely, it's a bit like a... It's a little bit like a hotel room mm-hmm. in that it's got a double bed as opposed to a hospital bed. Um, it's got a birthing pool and you actually have a room to yourself. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're on the la- in the in the labour ward. You're on the labour ward with four other uh, t- three other beds, making four in a room where you wait. And then as soon as you move into you know the, the business time, you get transferred into a room on your own to deliver the baby. But then after that, you go back to the normal room. Yes. Uh, with the new curtain off. That's what I always see. Ima- that's what I always imagined. Goodness me, we can't talk today. That's how I always imagined us having a baby. Because I didn't know there was another option. No, I hadn't really clicked onto it. I think you all. can pay for a room on your own. So yeah, you can you can pay for a room. So if you're on the, on labor, the labor ward, ward, you can pay for it. If you don't want to go back with your newborn baby into the ward with everybody else you can pay i'm not sure how much it is i, I think, think it's like 100 yeah 100 something to go into a room and on might, your own there might be people because of their religious beliefs or their, their cultures that they actually want a little bit more privacy or they don't want any men around so i think that was an option mm. that way as well obviously it's the nhs so mm. you know nothing is uh luxury let's say because budgets and all that so actually, it, to have that option to go into a labour ward room and be able to have it on your own at a small charge, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's good. Because otherwise everyone would say, oh, I want a room on my own. <laughs> you don't need a room on your own. It, yeah, exactly. You don't. I mean, it's it's a nice option to have. Well, yeah, I'm sure it is. Yes. Uh, but it's not a necessity. I'm going to get to the nitty gritty here. Uh-oh. Already? Yeah. So the difference between the labour ward and the birthing centre fundamentally is the pain relief. Because let's put it this way, if the pain relief was exactly the same in the birthing centre and the labour ward, why on earth would you choose to go somewhere that's more clinical? Clinical, that's a good word. That's exactly how it felt. Why would you choose to go somewhere more clinical and not have that privacy. It's it it's the it's the difference between the pain relief in the birthing center. You don't necessarily get the option to have the epidural, and in the labour ward, that is the option. There you can have the epidural. There is pain relief in the birthing center. Gas and air is plugged into the walls, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, and you've got the birthing pool there. You also have um, the option of pethidine as well, which is another pain relief. Mm. But labour ward is your epidural. So if you know for a fact that you are not going to be able to cope with that pain and you want all the painkillers, 
then just choose the label ward straight away. All the guys listening to this are thinking, well, why, why wouldn't you go for the pain relief? Well, because what we've learned from the antenatal classes mm. is pain relief comes in many different forms and it isn't just a case of numbing you to the pain. Sometimes people won't be able to have it because of the way their pregnancy goes, the way their birthing goes, the labour goes. But the, the mm. birthing centre, the rooms, just let's just describe it a bit more because I think we've glossed over it too much. I think we have as well. So we went to the labour ward first. Mm. I just can remember it being white and, again, that word clinical. You, we got taken into one of the small it's rooms. It's a hospital room. Yeah, and it smelt like hospital. I'm not going to lie. I nearly passed out and puked up at the same time. Yep, I could feel your arm gripping me so tight. So you go around in a group of, I think it was usually meant to be about between five and ten couples, but it was a particularly busy night. Really only, busy. They only do it once a month. So you meet everyone downstairs, you check in and... The lady that you know from your aquanatal class Mm -hmm. uh, who runs that. She's one of the midwives as well. So you get a group and there were about seven groups and we were the seventh. And we got there early as well. We didn't get there late. That's one thing to say. She told me, get there early because A, it will be busy. And B, if you choose to go towards the end of the evening, the people that wait for you that that are running the information stands at the end of the tours. They will have gone home they probably will have packed up and gone home a little bit early because they don't want to wait for the stragglers, which is fair enough. They're giving up their time. Uh, but yeah, get there earlier uh, to go onto the tour. But yes, we, we got taken upstairs to the labour ward first. Can you remember what the lady said to us as we were about to enter the, the labour ward? No. She said... If you only take one thing from this whole tour, please remember this. Do not just show up unannounced. Oh, yeah. You have to ring us to let us know you're coming. And it's not them being um, being snotty or anything like that. It's simply because if you show up and you haven't told them you're coming, they are not expecting you. They won't have had a chance to get you a room ready or prepare for you and... When you get there they and you just show up, they'll be running around a bit like headless chickens trying to find space for you. So it's all in your best interest to make sure you give them a call to let them know that you are coming. Also, you have to call to make sure that they are happy to take you in and that you're at the right stage to be coming in. Because a lot of the time you'll you'll rock up and they'll look at you and examine you and go, actually, you're nowhere near the point of giving birth yet. You need to go back home, I'm afraid. Mm. so call them before you rock up at the ward <laughs> it so you walk in and you go down the corridors by the way there's people in the middle of labor all around you there were people yeah. being wheeled in that were clearly in a lot of pain <laughs> so it was quite intense mm. but then you realize this is going to be me in a little bit anyway yeah so if we go into labor <laughs> in the third wednesday of the month <laughs> we know we're gonna be in the middle of it all Oh my gosh, yeah, if we go if we go into labour and there's tours going on, we'll be like the examples. Oh my god, that's Jessica Butler Wofford off the telly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to sell the pregnancy to Heat magazine. We can just sell it to the the Greenwich Post or whatever it is. Because <laughs> everyone will be there. <laughs> They're here. Oh no, it's that one again. Oh no. She's been here three times this week. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's really interesting. And then we walked into one of the rooms, which is empty. 
um, so in there is a very surgical. Well, not surgical. That's it's. By the way, this all sounds very scary, but it's not meant to at all. It's just matter of fact. So you walk. You go into the room. There's. It's not too big. We're in, in our living room at the moment. It's about the size of this. It's not too big at all. Mm. Um, it feels very small. It when feels you're very in small. There. there is a toilet. I didn't know if there was a shower in there, but there is an ensuite toilet. So you have your own mm-hmm. private toilet facility, uh, and you. There's a bed, like a hospital bed. Yep. That's clearly the bed that you give birth on slash in. Yep. And then on the there's some cupboards with you know equipment and stuff, and then there's a thing which looks a bit like an ironing board that kind of pops out, and uh, and from the wall, and above it is a heat lamp, which I think was called a resuscitator. Mm-hmm. And that's the you know in in a film where you see a baby being born and they get rubbed down by the midwife and the doctor and kind of checked for everything immediately after they give birth that's this is the the kind of tray thing that they go to it's also where they would get resuscitated if the birth is a little bit stressful for them if they need any oxygen to kind of kickstart them a little bit more and a heat lamp to keep them warm that's where it goes and that was a little bit scary to see but they were very good in letting us know it's okay this is absolutely fine it's pretty standard. Pretty standard, uh, most but don't babies let it scare have you. To have to go on there to have a little bit of encouragement. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of the room, but I think because that was it and it was all relatively small, it's a bit overwhelming and a bit intimidating, a little bit claustrophobic in there as well. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why, if it was that or somewhere else, that you would choose to go somewhere else for to to give birth there's nothing mm. absolutely nothing wrong with it like, i'm sure 90 percent of people who have babies go in there and that's where i always expected us to have the baby and however a lot of people don't have the choice a lot of people don't have the choice however i was really skeptical about this next bit until you took me there mm-hmm. which by the way just put a pin in what i'm about to say every single thing about this is your choice mm-hmm. none of this is my choice and nor have i led with anything about this i there's there's maybe stuff that i prefer but i'm not the one who's pushing it out you can do whatever you want yeah and i hope you felt that that is very very clear from day one do you know what i have i will say one thing i think you'd prefer me to be on the labor ward but i would prefer to be in the birthing center um my reasons are I nearly passed out in the hospital. Like I said, when we went there, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it. I didn't, I didn't particularly then that's want, absolutely to, fine. want to be there. Obviously, if it has to be, it has to be. And I'm sure when I'm in that pain, gonna and care. It, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give a, a, you know, a <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mind. I'm not going to absolutely point, care. At that point in time, I... I knew what I wanted. My main problem was I felt I felt like I was being ambushed a bit. After after seeing the birthing center, it's lovely. It looks like a hotel room. It looks relaxing. You've got the birthing pool in there. The equipment whilst it's there, they tend to kind of keep it away so it doesn't look so intimidating it's quite a welcoming environment for it's, somewhere where something is being ripped out of your body it's lovely isn't it yeah and you get all, to all stay you get to stay in there until you are 
finished so you don't get moved on to a, the labor ward with the others that is that's your area I believe unless I imagine they're really busy and they need you to move on out <laughs> um this is this is the area that I thought okay maybe I can deal with this but like I said it's the pain relief so when we came out of this tour I think this is the closest to having a meltdown <laughs> and and just not wanting to do this that I have been ever like this was the point where I said to you I need a drink <laughs> I need to <laughs> I need to take this all in because I didn't want to do the labor ward but at the same time I feel like I'm being ambushed because I don't know how much pain I'm going to be in when this happens. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. So how on earth do you expect me to make the decision now about what pain relief I need? Because ultimately, that's the choice I'm making. Do I want an epidural or do I not? If I want an epidural, I've got to, I've got to take it on the chin and go into the labour ward. But if I think I can get through it without, then I can go into the birthing centre. Mm. One of the reasons I want to go into the birthing centre is because I like the idea of being able to use the birthing pool to help with the pain relief. Yeah, let's just stop there because we haven't actually said what the birthing pool is. I didn't... Well, when you told me that there was a birthing pool in the room, I imagined an inflatable <laughs> paddling pool... <laughs> and just some water to splash around it i had absolutely no idea i think i want to say and i might be wrong about this mm. i want to say the only reference point i've ever had to a birthing pool is i think davina mccall used it when she had a child a while ago <laughs> and or somebody it was somebody like somebody lovely and mummy like davina mccall mm. like a celeb mum who and wonderful broadcaster. But I think it was somebody like that in that kind of Venn diagram of a celebrity and a presenter who has given birth when we were growing up spoke about the the most amazing thing about a water birth and a birthing pool. And in my head, I can just envisage the, the picture or the video or whatever it was of an inflatable blue paddling pool that comes up to maybe about your hip in the house quite small mm. whereas in actual fact in the birthing center rooms it's a massive jacuzzi like pool that's yeah. fixed it's not inflatable it's a proper it's like a, a it's like a jacuzzi yeah you have to step into it you have to climb into it there are steps it's big enough for two or three people to be in as well mm -hmm. um there's gas and air directly coming out of the water i don't mean like a constant flow it's if you are in the birthing pool and you need gas and air you can you can get it yep. which is fine uh which is really good but i didn't realize that most of you is submerged in the water and if you give birth in the birthing pool mm. it all happens underneath yep. i had no idea i just didn't know and certainly as a guy i don't know which you know, where it's going to feel the pressure and stuff. And, mm. and But knowing you now, even when you're in the bath, I can see just how yeah. much it helps. So I can understand how it's such an effective way yeah. of assisting you to deliver the baby. And 
it is gonna it, it's gonna help the pain and in in a lot of our conversations and classes it seems that actually a water birth is a really effective way of helping you with the pain so because water is a really soothing thing it is and it's a weight lifted so is gin though to be fair <laughs> yeah but that's not an option so we'll Damn go it. with we'll try and go with the we'll try and go with the pool yeah it's a weight lifted off of the bump and the more the more this goes on the heavier i feel and the more confident i am this is how i would really like things to go i think you were a bit skeptical about this at first about Absolutely. how about how this would this would all work but i have looked into it wasn't there <laughs> There was a point as well when I thought, okay, so you go into the pool. Do you actually give birth to the baby in the pool? And, yeah. and what what happens at that point? Now, I haven't made a decision as to whether or not I'm going to stay in there throughout the whole of it. I know I want to try the pain relief option, but I may decide, okay, I'm going to get out and, and deliver the baby on the bed. I don't know. I'm just going to see how, how that goes. But one of my thoughts was, okay, so if the baby gets born into the water, how does it breathe? Yeah. But I looked into it. <laughs> and what if you can't get it quick enough? What, you know, is it dangerous? Is, is, is it going to hurt the baby? I think that's but, maybe one of the things that as soon as I realised what actually happens in the mm. water birth, it's underwater. Is, it's underwater. You, you, you go, it doesn't, what? It doesn't matter because no. they've been... They've been in, in it already. They've been in the fluid for all that time. So actually... It's it's better because they're they're coming it's into more natural. it's more natural they're coming into fluid, and they don't they don't know they've got to open up and, and breathe yet. It's, it's like, amazing, isn't yeah. it? it? The whole thing is absolutely fascinating. So all being well, you're going to have a birth in the birthing suite. Yes. That's I, what you've decided. I'd like I'd like that to be the plan if everything is yeah. plain sailing. I think the nice thing about us and uh, you is you're my wife. Uh, the nice thing about <laughs> you is that we're quite okay with it changing. If it has to oh. change, it changes. And I, and I think... That there are a few people that we've met, whether it be in the, the classes or, or just kind of these things. It seems that they're very set in it's happening this way or it's not happening at all. And I think mm. it's, you know, we'll reevaluate this after it's happened. You've got to be fluid about it all. You've, you've got to have a hybrid plan in place because if you don't, it's going to stress you out more. Just be, I think the best thing that we've been told is you've got to be open to it changing. And a birthing yeah. plan is absolutely fine, but it ain't all going to happen. It's going to change exactly. and be okay with it changing. Because if you're not, it's going to stress you out and it's going to be really like, uh-oh, you're, you're not going to be healthy in mind and body if you're stressed and you're not relaxed about things having to change. You might have to have a, a cesarean. Mm. You might have to have a forceps. You might have to have something surgical happen. And you can't do that in your plan so it's no it's you've got to be open 
as it were. <laughs> in, <laughs> in all aspects. I, I certainly am. And we'll talk about birthing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, we'll the baby about, was made. We'll talk about the birthing plan uh, in the next episode. Mm. However, just to put it out there, there's there's no wrong or right there way no to do right. this. Everyone's different. Every pregnancy is different. This might be uh, a lady's fourth or fifth pregnancy and she could have had four or five completely different ones. So, exactly. You know. There's no wrong or right way. Absolutely. And it's just your decision and, and your preferences. But if it doesn't go the way you want, then it doesn't mean you fail. Oh, no, absolutely not. It's, yeah. It, if you give it, will be, you know, will be. everything's different. So, at this time in our little journey, mm-hmm. how was your body responding to it all? My body. <laughs> Oh, my poor body. <laughs> <laughs> my mind's telling me no. And my body's also telling me no. It's also telling me no. <laughs> Actually, I'm, yeah. Right. I was having some dreams at this point. <laughs> one of the... Dreams one of the, can come true. No, I really hope these dreams don't come true. Oh, okay. I'm not even going to go into detail about some of these. No, you I should started, go into detail. That's the point. I, I really don't want to because it'll make me cry. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember around this time me waking up in floods of tears and you going, what on earth is wrong? What's going on? I'd had a horrific yeah, dream and I I won't go into detail because it was, it was awful. But my dreams at the moment and from this point onwards have become more vivid and some of them are pretty nightmarish. That's just one of the things that apparently happens. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not it's not nice, and it, it adds to the whole uncomfortable night's sleep that you are now having because you're bigger. You can't find the right position. It's all it's all about the sleep and the fact that you're on the countdown to knowing you're not going to be getting any sleep in a few months anyway because the baby's going to be keeping you up. It's, and, a, it's a really it, weird thing, isn't it? So I don't sleep very well. No. Anyway. No, you don't. Uh, whether it's because I've got back from doing a gig late and your adrenaline's rushed, say I've got back from doing a secret singers gig. And I've done a wedding all day and I've done a night gig and I get home, it's two in the morning and I'm, I'm wired because I've just finished an amazingly energetic show. I'm, a, I'm awake until four, five, possibly six in the morning. Also, on the backside of that, I'm a massive American sports fan, like I've said. So if I'm, you know, if it's NFL season and I'm watching the Jags, then I'm going to be awake. But recently, your sleep has become so bad and i don't even mean that you're not sleeping i just mean when you are asleep you're snoring way louder and more intensely than i've ever heard you snore also you are absolutely flipping roasting am i yeah and you you are taking up and i don't mean because of your physical size (laughs) be careful what you say now (laughs) (laughs) was that spade You're taking up so much of the bloody bed, starfishing, and with that sodding pillow that I bought you, that I am being pushed out of bed. Oh, I feel so bad. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fine. Well, You're clearly the... it's not. No, it's I'm livid. But also, <laughs> it's fine, okay? It's fine. If a man tells you he's fine, he's, he's fine. fine. <laughs> Shout out to Lily the Scala. <laughs> it's, it's really difficult for me to get any sleep, and... 
I now, like you just said, know it's the countdown to not having any sleep. (laughs) So it's a weird combination of I really need to get some sleep because this is the last couple of months I'm going to be able to get some sleep. And also, I can't sleep. (laughs) It's horrible. But I don't mean for me. I'm not going, woe is me. You're the one having the baby. You can have as much of the bed as you like. Last night, I slept about six hours in the front room on the spare bed because I knew you needed the space. I don't want that to happen. No. Because I want to be able to put my arms around you and look after you. But... If that's what you need and you need the bed to yourself, then I'm absolutely fine with that because it means that you get a better sleep. And I think that's what it is. I think your sleep is so bad at the moment because I'm there. (laughs) Not necessarily. My sleep is bad because I just can't get comfortable and there's all sorts of things going on. And all of a sudden you'll just hear me rolling off the bed going, ah! Yeah. (laughs) And then I have to get up consistently during the night to go and have my wheeze. (laughs) and getting in and out of the bed as well that is something that is really really hard uh from this point onwards it's Mm. just yeah yeah we're talking about kind of 30 weeks 31 weeks 30 31 weeks i I can't get in and out of bed without a heepo (laughs) (laughs) i'm back in oh oh there it is it's just hard work and i am almost at the verge of tears when i get back into bed and realized oh i've not finished weeing i've got to go back oh, again my favorite thing is that if i'm a, if i've kind of drifted and i'm a little bit asleep but i'm aware she's got up i'll hear the toilet flush light go off door closed i hear hey oh you've got to be joking <laughs> because you you're no, no sooner has your bum Hit the bed, you're back up having another wee. I think it just must be all to do with the position that the it's, baby's sitting. It, is, it, it kind is. of just it releases and then puts a cork in it, releases, puts a cork in it. And then when you change position, the baby naturally changes position. Therefore, all these yeah. things are happening inside and you've not quite finished doing what you were doing in the toilet, it seems, and you've got to go back. It's it's all fun and games, <laughs> as, uh, as is uh, everything else. Well... Toilet related, the other thing that had happened during this time and I had to make a doctor's appointment about was something that rhymes with Miles. Giles. Yes, Giles. Giles. I had to go to the doctors to see someone about Giles. (laughs) Do you mean piles? Yeah, I might do. It happens to a lot of pregnant women, though. It's not something that is uncommon. That area of your whole, your body is being put under so much physical pressure mm. that things happen uh so it's that kind of that I, there's a lot that happens with the bum that i didn't realize to do with pregnancy it's incredible it's amazing the whole like when you give birth and massaging your perineum as well all that kind of stuff which we'll get mm. onto in another episode it's really interesting it's really important as well so kind of anal health is really important <laughs> And it's not something that you again. Again, you just don't think of it, do you? No, and um, until you're until you're in it. But I. What? Well, careful! Careful what you say there, because that's really. <clears throat> that's not what I meant. The situation you mean you're in. <laughs> Everything in that general area down below softens up. Bum. Not just your bum, but every, everything softens bum, bum up in uh, your. T- <laughs> uh, getting ready for you to to give birth poop shoot unfortunately <laughs> uh that's one of the areas yeah. so any pressure that goes on to it it's crazy for whatever it? for whatever reason 
And again, one of the things that happens to some ladies, a lot of ladies when, when they're pregnant is they get constipated. Uh, so it's all, it's all fun and games. And I've been told that even, even if you get your piles to go away during pregnancy, you're going to get more once you're given birth. So eh, what are you going to do about it? Anyway, my doctor's appointment wasn't just about Miles, Giles, <laughs> Piles. Just say Piles, you've said it now. <laughs> oh no, I've been there, I've done that. Uh, I, also, I, I also went because I had a weird finger thing going on and I've not mentioned this because it's only been in the last week that I've had a letter through to confirm that everything is A-okay. But in the first trimester... I developed uh, a little bumpy thing on is that uh, my index, index finger. My index finger. Sorry, my brain wasn't you allowing just, me yeah, to. But <laughs> darling, you're waving work. it at me on an audio podcast. I can see it. No one else can. <laughs> this, what's this? If you're saying the my weird index. finger thing and you're saying that, it's worrying. So it appeared like a teeny tiny little bump at first. No, like a small wart. Uh, yeah, and but it, it was really small at first, yeah. around Christmas time, and it, it was really nothing to write home about however from that point onwards it grew and it looked a bit like a wart and it started to get really irritating and uh about four weeks prior to this point I had decided it probably is a wart so I treated it with bazooka that veruca and I don't laugh because (laughs) apparently that is for warts as well it's like a creamy thing that you put onto the to the wart or whatever infected area you've got kind of crusts over and creates a coat and helps to heal it not in this case it actually aggravated it even more made it burst and it was bleeding and it was started weeping and all sorts it was beautiful it was it was gorgeous you know and it kept growing and the bump kept going you know I was making jokes that this was my pregnancy uh, was this bump on my finger uh, and in the end, it got really annoying and kept catching and bleeding. So I thought, you know what, maybe this isn't a wart. I'm going to go and see the doctors about it. So we went to the doctors and they took it a lot more seriously than I thought they would. They had a little look. They said, actually, I think it is something that happens in pregnancy. It's a, it's a weird skin thing that can happen when you're when you're pregnant uh, however we are not taking any risks it's a weird skin lesion so we are fast tracking you to the dermatology department at the hospital and they will check you over there which is what happened and within two weeks I was up at that hospital and they were checking it over and they agreed with the doctor that they thought it was this weird pregnancy skin related thing they also checked, <laughs> they, well, they, they asked me first, but they also checked everywhere else of, uh, of me as well. Any moles, any uh, other weird bits, uh, just to check, to give me like a full service, which is, which is very helpful and reassuring. Uh, and then they, they got a first opinion and a second opinion. They had a couple of people come in and look and they said it was a pyogenic granuloma and they were pretty sure that it was but just to be safe did I want it removed and sent off and tested and I said yes please and I was in the little surgery 
within half an hour having this thing sliced off my finger. Mm. I didn't expect you to come home and say, "Oh, I've d- they've done it." Yeah, I I came I came home and I'd had I'd had a little minor surgery that day, uh, and yeah, it was it it turns out uh, I've only had just had the test results back, but it is a pyogenic granuloma, uh, and it is common for pregnant women. Well, not so common, but it can happen in the first trimester, and it's due to some hormonal changes and it is a benign tumor and usually it's around the mouth and the head area but can be found as low down as the thigh Uh, and it's not exclusive to pregnant ladies Uh, anyone can develop one but it just so happens that sometimes pregnant ladies do Uh, so yes it started all the way in the first trimester and grew to this lovely bleeding thing which they said you know what it's probably fine, but we know how annoying it is because if you keep catching it, it's going to keep bleeding. So let's slice it off and make sure it's all great. And luckily, uh, it's all gone. Mm. And now I have a teeny tiny little scar. And that's and that's it, really. That's my weird my weird finger thing. Ta-da! But you're feeling all right now? Yeah, much better. I didn't think that that would even be a thing, but I suppose there's so many more hormones and so many more chemicals and everything flowing around your body that things are going to go wrong as mm. it were things are going to react in different ways that than they normally would so it's really interesting it was interesting it was a little weird and annoying at the time i wish you'd got it checked out sooner because i was saying have you been to the doctors about it yes. yeah needs to go. have you been to the doctors about it that's the one thing that i would say that i'm gonna get my high horse about this pregnancy if somebody tells you to go to a doctor about something during the pregnancy just do it quick because you don't know what it's going to be. That's true. Isn't it right? And luckily, this was nothing to worry about. But they treated they treated me so well. And again, they rushed everything through and got me seen so quickly. And they were so... My goodness, they were so kind to me on the day that when I was in there having this little thing chopped off my finger, that one of the ladies was there and she was holding my hand, bless her. Like, they've been absolutely absolutely brilliant with me and i've uh, so far and it's all the same hospital that we're going to be going back to to have baby yeah uh but so far i've been treated so so well it's good isn't it mm. it gives you confidence yes so you had a funny bum thing which everyone gets and a funny little finger thing that not everyone gets yeah uh, i'm i'm special that's <laughs> what your mum says yeah Twenty-eight weeks. It's a, another midwife appointment. So she told me to go for a glucose test, which I'd kind of been dreading, mm. <laughs> only because by this point I was fully into sweets and chocolate mode, and I was <laughs> terrified. Because that... at this point, I was an entire tub of Jerry's. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they test you um, for your level of uh, glucose. Uh, is that right? It's how you respond to sugars, isn't it? Yes. To make sure that you don't have pregnancy diabetes. Gestational diabetes. Gestational diabetes. That's what pregnancy they're Pregnancy diabetes, it's the same thing. And they, the reason that they will test a lot of people at this point is if you have any family history of diabetes. And we do. 
Well, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's no, I do, as well. I do yeah, as well, but it doesn't really matter on the dad's side. Yeah, it's all, it's all about whether or not it's on the mum's side. And uh, I do have some family history. So they sent me for the lovely glucose test. You have to go down to the, to the hospital, uh, wait your turn and drink this gorgeous glucose drink <laughs> uh which yeah that's that's all that's all a bit grim uh they take they take your bloods before you have the drink so they can see what your normal normal bloods are like you then have the drink <laughs> this thick gloopy it's not nice is it i wasn't I'd there but i know warned, what it is i had been warned about this and I started off drinking it and I said to her, oh, this isn't as bad as everybody said. And then I took a few more swigs and was like, no, no, it really is. And then she said, oh, why don't you water it down a bit? So I did and then carried on drinking. And I thought, no, it's just prolonged the process. <laughs> chuck, chuck, chuck. Oh, uh, so yeah, you drink that. Then you have to sit, oh, for about two hours two hours you have to just sit and do nothing you're not allowed to walk around you're not allowed to burn off the sugar or anything you have to sit there and you have to you let have your to let your body, body react react to it and then you go back in and they take your bloods again and then that's what they test to see how your body has dealt with that sugar going in at the time so yeah that takes a fair morning fair morning out of your your day when you have to go and do that it's annoying, but it's necessary. Isn't it, it is. It is necessary. Well, it's not necessary for everyone, but for you, it was. Yeah, and it is just to test whether or not you've got gestational diabetes. And um, the... it's not a huge, not that it's not a huge deal if you do have it, but it is something that will probably go away once the baby is born. It just means that you become more of a high risk pregnancy. Uh, you're li- more likely to have a bigger baby, and there are potentially a few more things that could could go wrong and you have to watch what you eat whilst whilst being pregnant you've got to be so much more careful with your diet i'm surprised they let you sit there for that two hour waiting period just scoffing skittles though <laughs> i didn't think that was going to be allowed <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> bouncing off the walls taste the rainbow oh it was horrible i was sitting there because one minute you've obviously had all this sugar and you're kind of like <sighs> and then you have a bit of a come down and then you, oh, I was just so tired. I, I could have fallen asleep in that seat. And all I needed at that point was some coffee or, or something. Oh, you have to fast before this one as well. So you're not allowed to eat anything past 10 o'clock at night the night before. And then you can't have any breakfast. The only thing you're allowed to have is water. And then you obviously then go and have the test. And then you're not allowed to eat anything until afterwards. So not only were you tired because you'd had sugar and then you were coming down you were tired because you hadn't had any food or drink and you were just generally a bit knackered uh and then the minute the minute i got out of there i was like right what could i have (laughs) came home and scoffed scoffed my face with some bits um but that the the test results came back for that and the midwife was all happy that there was there was no problems even though i was really expecting there to be but it turns out that the diabetes gestational diabetes isn't necessarily about the sugar uh, it's more about starchy things as well yeah i didn't know this mm. our friend had the same test and a couple of weeks before you didn't she yeah. and it was interesting to hear that actually it's about potatoes and crisps and what was the other thing that we've been eating lots of 
crisps. Crisps, pasta, <laughs> all the all the carbs, Damn everything. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> luckily everything's been everything has been okay. But I was I was surprised because every time I have anything sugary, it does wake the baby up. The baby does move a lot once I consume any any sugar like if I have a bit of chocolate it goes nuts so part of me is going oh I'm sorry I've woken you up maybe I shouldn't have eaten that (laughs) it's a really interesting process though Mm. I know I've said everything's interesting today but it is really interesting it's engaging and I think it's useful that as a guy especially you get educated about anything like this as soon as possible I don't mm. think in high school, I can't talk now because it's been a long time since I went, that you're taught, I don't think you're taught anywhere near enough about pregnancy as a, as a kid to to know, to put you off it. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I think if they told you the full ins and outs, you'd be living the rest yeah. of your life terrified, wouldn't Teenage you? Teenage pregnancy rates would go way down Actually, if you told yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, if you fully... If Ladies, you fully... girls, you're going to tear. What? <gasps> Told a girl what was keep it away from to me. Her. She'd be she'd she'd keep her legs closed <laughs> for a lot longer. Do you think trust we, me? Do you think we should go now into schools and we should be the sex eds people? Basically saying, "Oi, you trust me, ain't worth it. <laughs> Wait until you're thirty, okay? Just just don't. It's not worth it. Oh, you wanna you wanna be able to bend down and touch your toes? Nah, can't do that. <laughs> that might be hard. Never mind. <laughs> Hey, Mum. Hey. Do you know what time it is? Uh, You're going to tell me a joke today. No. Yeah! <laughs> I didn't know mum jokes were a thing. No, it's not. It's a dad joke. But you told me a joke earlier on this week that made me laugh so much <laughs> that I want it to be this week's dad joke. Oh, well, I'm probably going to deliver it all wrong. It yep. was a, a friend of mine who is a lovely mummy shared a joke on her Facebook and I read it out to you, didn't I? Now, Oh, Kevin... I see. So you stole it. Okay. That's yeah, not what dad much. jokes are about, but yeah. fine. You do you. Oh, really? <laughs> I beg to differ. Just tell... <laughs> <laughs> I don't Google them. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> right. Oh. Go on, tell me, tell me, because I love it. What did one nut say to the other nut whilst it was chasing it? I don't know. What did one nut say to the other nut whilst it was chasing it? I'm a cashew. Because he's a cashew nut and he's gonna catch you. I know, darling. I know. Ooh, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, thank you. Should I give you a dad joke just to be uh, balanced? I really think so. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl go to the toilet? <laughs> I don't know. Because the P is silent. <laughs> oh. Oh, you had to spell it. Oh, darling. <laughs> Oh, do you want me to do an, a more Jessica joke? Yes, please. Spring is here. Oh, I got so excited, I wet my plants. <laughs> I think you just wet your plants as well. Oh, I wish you'd have warned me about that one. <laughs> So that was episode seven of First Time Parent Podcast. That was a lot, wasn't it? There was a lot in there. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the point, isn't it? A lot's starting to happen. Yeah, it really is. It feels if <laughs> it feels like a busy, pr- 
pregnant time. It is. The business, get to the business end. Yeah, this is definitely business end now. Da, business end. Do do. Thank you to everyone who's listening to us, by the way. It's, it really means a lot. Do you know, I've looked at the stats every day because it's really interesting. Mm. And this last week, we had a huge spike of people listening in America. Oh. We had a huge spike of people listening in Canada. Oh. Can- we're big in Canada, you know. Oh, yeah. 8% of our listeners are in Canada. Oh. Yeah, it's good. Um, we can't thank you all enough for your support and your interest in our little journey. But please, please, please get involved. Make sure you're tagging us on your tweets about the show at FTPPUK. Uh, give us a little rate and a review. It really helps as well. Uh, us get to new people. And don't forget to tag your friends and say, hey, listen to these two idiots not know anything <laughs> about what's happening to them. Because we, we, we reach new people by you going, hey, this is really fun. Although our friend Ziggy did share it the other day and someone went, oh, congratulations, Ziggy. And she went, no, I have just shared a podcast. I'm not pregnant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bless her. <laughs> <laughs> it really made me laugh. <laughs> but if you tell your friends to listen to us, and they do, thank you very, very much indeed. Um, give us a shout out on Twitter, like I said, Instagram at FTPPUK and get in touch with us. Email us at, well, not at, but email us firsttimeparentpod at gmail.com and share your stories about your pregnancy Please if there's do. something that we spoke about if there's something we spoke about and you did yourself or you've got a story about it we'd love to tell everyone yeah. about it if you've so, got yeah. any questions about any anything questions we've about, said yeah, yeah. <laughs> corrections <laughs> <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> but yeah get in touch and we will see you very very soon for next week's podcast all right we will see we you will soon. see you soon bye bye